0: This is the GPL Podcast from GopherPuckLive.com. This podcast is sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at FirstClassMortgage.com. Now let's start the show with your hosts, Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening, and welcome to the GPL podcast, episode number two hundred. Vigs, quite the milestone—we've made it to two hundred, man!
1: Yeah, two hundred. Nice work, huh? There he is.
0: You know, this is our eleventh season. Two hundred episodes. I've had a lot of guests. A lot of fun out of, of all these years, even though our team hasn't, you know, it's been a little roller coaster on the team, but it, it's, it's been fun, hasn't it? Uh-oh, we're getting quite you a delay what? there, Vigs.
1: Episode 200, we're, we're going crazy. I'm going to have to change my son up.
0: <laughs> and that's okay, because <laughs> that allows me to bring in our guest, Introduce
2: our co-host there.
0: Well, yeah, we're going to bring him in, and we're going to bring him in. Uh, Cappy, Paul Cappanigri, how you doing, man?
2: Good, good. How you doing? Oh, we're doing be, great. I can't believe here for the 200th. I feel so yeah. honored.
0: Well, it just kind of ran into OSU week.
2: I'm kind of teasing that along with it.
0: Yeah. Well, Vix is having issues. We'll get him solved. There. He's obviously got a little oh, wait, audio I, delay. Every
2: time I come on, I think there's a little. Um, with him, I think I'm the. The mush. But, that,
0: but that's okay, man. That's okay. Um, so you're always, you've always been our OSU guy, you've always, you know, you've been doing some big 10 stuff for a while here. Um, but, uh, recently you've been uh, dabbling in some, uh, radio, haven't you? Tell us about it, Cappy.
2: Uh, yeah, I've gotten out uh, kind of way to get into the NHL a little bit with the Blackhawks. I've been doing their, uh, little bit of color for the radio WGN in Chicago. It's been great. I mean, that was my team growing up, so it's kind of. To, to get to get in somehow with them has been been fun and uh it's and now it's great because i get to do both right now i'm like doing the nhl a little and then the big 10 will start in december for me uh so it's kind of I, hey i love doing it so give me more give me all of it so uh yeah just kind of playing it by here it's been a lot of fun and uh now i'm like watching guys that were you know some big 10 guys now that are playing in the nhl so it's pretty cool that way too
0: well, it's it's got to be a great opportunity because it's, it's kind of a kind of a tryout, isn't it? I mean, you know, the situation with the Chicago Radio uh, Color not ideal right now, but uh, it's turns out to be a little bit, quite a bit of an opportunity for you.
2: Yeah, I, I think you just you know, I wasn't an NHL guy; I didn't play in the NHL, so it's hard to break in there when you didn't do that. But if, if you can get yeah. in there and people look at you like if you're doing a good job, then that kind of gets forgotten or you hope it does or you know it doesn't have to be not all the players means just because you played whatever level you're going to be that good of a broadcaster the guy i always think of uh is billy jaffe you know he you know he's a guy that mm-hmm. you know played at michigan but you know barely didn't even play a ton at michigan to be honest and look at him now he's he does nhl network he does all that kind of stuff and he's i think he's one of the best in the business. So. You know, you just kind of take it as it comes, and you prepare to – hopefully you're doing a good job. That's all you can do, and then if they like you or if someone else likes you, you you go with it. So that's kind of how I look at it.
0: And, of course, um, another issue with the broadcast, Facebook's not streaming right now. Sorry, Facebook people. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's, that's
1: 200. You think we have this stuff figured out, right? Well, they,
0: this one's not me this time. It's just StreamYard this time. For some reason, it's just not working.
2: Hmm. Telling you, I think I'm I'm bad i'm maybe you're bad bad. influence on the show. I don't know. Thank you for joining us, Cappy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you had your five minutes. You're good now.
0: (laughs) No, and didn't also tweet out our live feed, so all kinds of things going wrong Vigo and his audio and some things not tweeting out, but everyone on YouTube seems to be seeing us knock on wood, so that's good.
2: I think Vigo's hair is getting in the way, maybe. It's probably you know, some like interference there. Like strands are going in. Yeah, I know that's only
0: system. half the flow. I've seen Vigo Whoa. with flow at least down to here, right, Vigs? Whoa. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm keeping it very restrained right now. Whoa. Whew.
2: Okay.
0: I remember him good. at a final five. It was long.
1: Yeah. I can, it was. I can, it was long. I can let it flow at the bucket.
0: Well, Whoa, Vigs. Like
1: that a little curl's coming out. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Let them know who you are. It's cute. Don't even need to see the jersey. They can just, you know, tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Viggs, they went into Madison and they made go
1: mad again. Well, I think that's kind of been a trend with this entire Mm -hmm. program for the last, oh, man, two and a half, three years now, where we're seeing a lot of the same mistakes by a lot of the same players. And, you know, I thought last year he got through to them. They had it kind of figured out, and they, they figured out how to finish their Big Ten season and, and play pretty well. They started mm-hmm. last season playing really well, and then, again, that Minnesota State game, it all comes back. We, we start to see some of the same things creep up in their game where you know players are turning the puck over at the blue line or they're not being safe with the puck in dangerous situations in their own end, or when they are in their own end, they're just waiting to go on offense and start some stretch passes. So I think that, that kind of caught up to them in the Wisconsin game. The Badgers got a little bit of energy, and that gets into three, o, 3 OT, and, you know, that's kind of a crapshoot.
0: Well, I was I was at the bar, Viggs, and it never fails. You know, I, I just am like I, – I literally yelled at the screen, if he misses his play, it's over. Lacombe kind of missed the play at the blue line, didn't even slow him down, right around. And one thing you notice, Viggs, how often do you see a slap shot like that? In overtime from 20 30 feet
1: out, yeah, you know what that means? Tired legs, you don't (laughs) see space like that on the rush unless players are tired, and that's kind of what happens in OT, especially with these college players who aren't as experienced with it. I think you see it now in the NHL, players know how to handle the, the shift length that's almost as important as possession in the overtime. In the college game, you know, the excitement of playing three on three at OT in front of fans. You know, it just kind of gets you, and you might be out there a little bit too long, and and then you get that space, and the big slapper from the Badgers gets the extra points. Oh boy,
0: uh, uh, Cappy, what do you do? I mean, the first, one of the you know tweets I see are actually a comment: LaCombe is a mess. <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's you know the, the funny thing is he plays pretty solid, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere, just kind of a bonehead play, and boy, that can happen to anybody. <laughs>
2: You know, he was the one guy that honestly I was thinking about and talking about tonight, and in a not or not, not in a negative way, but like saying, What happened? Kind of, you know, you're not, I'm just not seeing like, yeah, as confident of a guy, maybe. Or, you know, I'm looking at his numbers, he's got maybe two assists, and he's on the power play, and he's doing all that stuff. And he, you know, I don't, maybe, I don't know, is it something in his head now or something, maybe at this point? Um, but he, he doesn't look as free. Like he came in, he was a pretty confident guy. Like as an 18 year old, I think he's probably 18 or maybe 19 as a freshman. He came in and just was, he looked like he was a junior. Like he didn't care. He could skate. He would get up in the play. He would make those passes. And I maybe it's got to be something that is in between the years. You've seen that before. Uh, but I he's the one guy that I'm like, what what's what happened or I mean I don't know what happened but he doesn't look right. Maybe that's what it is. I, I don't you know I'm 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 not trying to yeah. you know he's a college athlete. I'm not trying to say he's terrible. He's clearly not, but he just doesn't look as uh decisive in everything he yeah. does. Maybe something happened earlier in the year and he's now he's like, ooh I might and to look at he his ice time might be down a little since they've got some pretty good other defensemen on the roster. So I don't know, to be honest. It, it, he's the one guy that I kind of was like, you know, where are we with him? Viggs, I, the
0: one thing I have noticed is that these, you know, occasional mistakes by Lacombe tend to be not next to the net. They tend to be a little further out. you know, on the defensive line, you know, he's trying to stop a puck and it gets past him or, or on, on, you know, someone just coming in the zone there, he just wasn't quite ready for it. Player goes around him, tired legs, whatever. I notice it's not really as much when he's protecting the net right out in front.
1: Yeah, and I think part of this situation with Lacombe is he doesn't have a lot of games under his belt as a defenseman. You know, he's a player who grew up a forward, transitioned to defense, didn't didn't really play juniors. You know, he came right into college as a young player. And so he's going through all these growing pains at the Big Ten college level there's not a lot of easy games a lot of reps to get your feet wet and when you're a team like minnesota you know you have possession of the puck a fair amount of the time i think you know the out shots were like 85 to 50 in attempts for the wisconsin game you know so minnesota's got the puck so i think where you're seeing those mistakes are at those kind of 50-50 decision points where you have to be in your mind saying okay if this is a 75-25 play i'm going to be aggressive and make it and and take all the chips. Mm -hmm. But when there are these 50, 50 things, it's just, you got to bail, you got to extend the play and you got to play it safe. And I think Minnesota's defense at the start of the year, they're thinking, okay, last year I had, you know, 25 points this year, I want 35 or 40. How am I going to get there? Be more aggressive, be more assertive. And sometimes that's not really the right play. You know, Bob has talked about how lately uh, I think the last weekend, you know, a defenseman had points on five of the seven goals. Those weren't flashy plays. Those are just the defensemen playing within the system, getting the puck to the forwards in transition, getting in the zone and supporting the play. They're not wow, wow plays, but that's how you can be
2: productive. Hold on, sorry, there's nothing better than getting an assist from your own zone. Let me tell you, even as a forward, <laughs> like that chip off a wall, like you chip it out, you, they're deep pinches, you chip it out, and they get a two-on-one, and they go down and score. You still get an assist. And you did it way back. You're almost a forgotten guy. <laughs> D, same thing for the D. You can create and get your points that way too. You're, I think you're right though. I mean, it gets in your head. Okay, I did this much. I got to do this next year. I'm like, that doesn't have to be the case. But yeah. that's how some guys, you know, the expectations. But he came in as a freshman. He just went.
1: And, and there's a player who's got the right mindset for that, Brock Faber. Even at the start of the year, he's like, I know points are going to come. But that's not the focus of my game. I understand my game. It's, it's gaps. It's making the quick first short pass. It's staying with the play. It's playing a tight gap. It's shutting down rushes. Brock Faber knows his game. He's played D a long time at high levels, high coaching. Guy like Jackson Lacombe, probably not the same. Even a guy like Ryan Johnson, maybe not the same kind of development. He did play in the USHL, but is not like a veteran USHL player. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a difference there.
0: Well, uh, as usual, they kind of rebounded again, played great the second game after maybe watching some video and getting yelled at a bit, but they at least did get, well, I should say four out of six points on the weekend, not a traditional split, but uh, uh,
1: at least that's a positive. Yeah, I think it's definitely a positive for this team. They they do respond well to a stern film session, and that's always good. (laughs) You know, sometimes you have players who, who don't learn the lesson the next night, and that's a real problem. And this is a banged up team. Bob's talked about it at a lot of media availabilities. He's like, this team's got a tough underbelly. You know, they're playing through stuff where they're they're hurt, they're not injured. You know, you can play through something where you're hurting a little bit, but if you're injured and it's going to impact, you know, maybe your long term play, you don't want to play through it. He's got guys who say, you know what, I'm ready to take the ice. This isn't a big deal. It might just hurt a little bit. Yeah.
0: Well, we've got a lot coming tonight, um, so we're gonna kind of get through and get to some. Um, Talking about this weekend, Cappy, Ohio State coming in. They just sweep Penn State. Um, pretty darn good start for them this season. Um, tell us what you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, Probably. they did get picked by all those smart coaches to be last in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's I think the biggest thing, well not the biggest, there's two factors that you know have make them a surprise right now is they have a couple freshmen guys that were I think they were hoping to be what they are and they're actually doing it right now mm-hmm. and then they have like three or four transfers uh, at least two or three and then they have a kid that came over from Russia that was kind of a surprise addition and it's made their forward core there's no like star guy and it's I think the way Ohio State likes it but they have a lot of they've de- more depth now like they were you know you look at their lineup last year they're struggling to get one line out there that could be a consistent offensive threat. And now they, they just have a little more. And uh, these, these, the Fred, the goaltenders, obviously, been, if you look at his numbers alone, you're like, whoa, ridiculous. And then this, this freshman, uh, Mason Lori, is, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, he was used, I didn't see him play before, but he was the USHL defenseman of the year. So I'm thinking he's got to be pretty good. And then I look back at his numbers, he had 20 goals and 40 assists as a defenseman in that week. I mean, that's, you don't see that very often. And he's really six good. Four. To Add, in, add <laughs> into that, yeah. he's 6'4. So you just, like, Ohio State hasn't gotten those kind of recruits a lot lately, if you mm-hmm. think about it. I mean, you have to almost go back to when I was playing and we had Kessler, uh, Umberger, and Steckel. We had first round draft picks. We even, the Buckeyes haven't had many of those guys. So to get a, guy, a couple guys like they have right now, they're draft picks that are kind of, doing things right out of, the, right out of the shoot. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of been, you know, a good surprise for them.
0: Viggs, um, OSU is not going to finish in last
1: place. Nice. I, I don't think they will.
2: <laughs> well, I don't think so.
1: The big surprise is the goalie. You know, somebody tried to bring that up with Bob this week and, and Bob was like, hey, you know, I don't want to talk about the goalie, but that Mason kid, he is really <laughs> a shining star for them. I think Bob is like, that was a player that got away a little bit from them. Uh he is making a huge impact. But I think when you have players who step in as freshmen and, and can fill those roles for you as a coach, it's got to just bring a warm smile to your face and just keep you happy about the season. Because they needed that. I mean, they were picked last for a reason. They didn't have a lot of returning stuff. They had some some glue to their team, but they didn't have players like they have in their freshman class right now. <sighs>
0: But Vigs, you know, I, I've always liked the matchups of Ohio State. It's always kind of that in between kind of. Sometimes it's fast paced, sometimes it's locked down. You never know what you're going to get. And with this Gover team, you never know what you're going to be- get. I mean, it's they come out every weekend, and even if they win, it's Moscow's not happy. It's just always a Friday Saturday thing that
1: we've seen a lot in the past. What can we expect this weekend? Well, I think if you're watching Minnesota, you're looking for that progression. You're looking for them to learn the lessons that they've had to learn, you know, coming back in the D zone. You know, the number one key for them is to come back to the house, protect the net, keep the puck to the outside and then extinguish the rush. And I think the defensemen have been doing a pretty good job of that. And certain forward lines have been doing a good job of that, but not all the lines. Bob has been pretty critical of Sammy Walker in the media, which is pretty rare for a three-time yeah. captain, that he needs to take that more seriously in his game for him to reach the next level. I mean, we saw some nice goals from him against Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you know, scoring from his knees, scoring one, driving Thank God through he's okay. the net. <laughs> Thank <God he's> okay. <laughs> I know. I he mean, must be that, that. Yeah. That was but but uh,
0: quite a few of his goals have been. Those dirty goals though so recently, Vicks, and that's exactly what we need from him.
1: Yeah, when he gets in transition, he is probably one of the most dangerous players in the Big Ten. So I think Ohio State's going to know that, and they are not going to let him get those opportunities. So for Walker, he's got to take his game to the next level. When he realizes that's happening, he's got to change his game a little bit. He can't just be looking for offense. You know, leaving the zone early, not playing below the dots. He's got to be honest to that point of the game. And then when he does get his chances, he's got to go. And if it's not there, he's got to play possession and smart hockey. You know, I think the other big thing with Minnesota is missing the net, shooting into shin pads. You know, some of that is the other team forcing you to, you know, have to wait and shoot maybe from a different spot. But it's also on the shooter to, to be more productive by putting pucks on pads and looking for rebounds. So if we can see Minnesota take that next step in their game, you know, that's hopeful, but against Ohio state, they're not going to make it easy for you. Steve Rolick does a great job with his yeah. teams prepping structure, and he knows what kind of games he has coming up this weekend with his team.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Oh, I always love these games.
0: You notice okay. the games are different times this weekend, folks. This accommodates for TV you know, 630 Friday night and five o'clock on Saturday. Personally Viggs, I love those early Saturday games. More time drinking at the bar afterwards. It's become
2: I think a, a trend in college hockey everywhere. They're they're playing that like earlier afternoon. If it, sometimes it's T V thing, sometimes it's I be it a football thing. I know it is for Ohio State. They did it last <laughs> week or the week before they bumped up a game because the night game was football, so they wanted to get it in yeah. before that, which but I think it's good for you want to be seen as much as possible. Like Definitely. hockey's always battling that, whether it's football in the fall or basketball in the, you know, in the winter. Uh, find the times. I, I was a I was a big proponent of getting more games on Thursdays and Sundays because you know more eyes. Look what happened to the tournament last year. Uh, yep. Playing it, yes, and not ideal. Obviously, there's no fan, so who cares that it's on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, but it was one of the highest watched tournament yeah. Monday and Tuesday was yeah. and it was that that's my thing I get it the schools and the teams want their you know regular you know week that it's always been the coaches I know like that but for you want to grow the game popularity wise I think you know I yeah, gotta look definitely. outside the box anyway I'm kind of going off on a different tangent but yeah. <laughs> it's all it's okay uh, <laughs> well,
0: well <laughs> Hold the thought. We're going to get back to the series in a bit here. But first, you know, yeah, I, we need to hear from our uh, a sponsor. And then we've got some, you know,
3: some special guests coming on. So hold on. Hey, Gopher Hockey fans. Jerry Peters here with First Class Mortgage. With Veterans Day just around the corner, I want to take this time to express my gratitude to our military veterans and the families who support them. The VA loan program offers some of the best mortgage terms on the market today. Veterans can purchase homes with zero down payment and no monthly mortgage insurance. If you're a veteran who already has a VA loan, you may be eligible for a streamlined refinance to reduce your interest rate with limited documentation and no appraisal needed. Veterans can also use the equity in their homes to consolidate high interest rate credit cards or to finance home improvement projects. To hear more, call or text me today at 612-940-3291. Or send me an email at jerry at firstclasscorp.com. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is is 322-842-480200. This is not an offer to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: And of course, thank you, Jerry, for that. Well, we've got some special guests coming on tonight. And shocking, his video doesn't work, but uh, it's funny. We're gonna add in Hammy real quick, in your Hammy. Are you there, Hammy? Look at—he's all dark. Can you hear us, Hammy?
4: Yes, I'm. I have no lights on. I, actually, my camera <laughs> is working. It just—I I, I, I warned. I warned you. I warned you earlier today that <laughs> he I, did I work. My IT department needs to fix this crap. But whatever. Yeah,
0: man. But but it's not only Hammy who's coming on with us. Ryan Cardinal, how's it going, man? Good. How are you? Hammy, Cardinal, both of you were here back in episode number one of the GPL podcast. Boy, 11 seasons later, episode number 200. It's great to have you both on. It's good to be back good on. To be back. Hammy, what do you think
4: of the current team?
0: <laughs> what
4: are you trying to get me on an old school rant? Yeah, that would be
0: great. Let's get a rant
4: going. <laughs> no, I... I you know, we, over the years, we've seen teams that have started off great. We've seen teams that have started off sluggish. Um, I think the only thing you really don't want to have happen early in the year is to play so poorly that you're scrambling just to make the, the big dance at the end. Um, so I think they played some good competition. They've had some moments where they've been all right. They've had some moments where they haven't been all right. I think it gives the coaches something to continually work on and hopefully strive for as the season goes on and, hopefully you can peak by the time you get to that March, April timeframe, um, working on those issues. So we'll see how it goes. In
0: Cardinal, are you still feeding PA college <laughs> hockey information?
5: <laughs> I do it when I can. I know he's usually like the first half of the year when Viking season's going, he's got a little bit less of a focus on college hockey, but once, uh, once that wraps up, then he'll kind of turn the page a little bit and hopefully uh, hopefully, the Gophers will be in the thick of it. And you can talk about those guys a lot as the uh, kind of the second half wears on. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you, are you still working for the Vikings there?
5: I am. Yes,
4: sir. Wow. Oh. Still a good gig, okay, Ar- huh? Ar- you work right by me because I'm literally two blocks from that facility. Mm-hmm. Really? In- All right. Well, no doubt. Yep. Oh. You might run into me at the uh, caribou over there right off of Dodd once in a while. I frequent it a decent amount. I know right what you're talking about.
0: Yep. So it's it's great to have you two on. I, mean, I appreciate you two uh, being part of the podcast over the years. Um, and, and then Cardinal, well, you would to start to work for the Vikings, had a family, you got kind of busy. So then Viggs got came on. Viggs,
1: do you remember when you came on? Was it season two or three? It was, it was some point in there. Yeah, you know. Pitching from, here from here your from, Honda time, to time from the civic in civic. my parking lot oh, civic, outside, yeah. my, outside my condo. Yep. Cause I had a newborn at that time. So that would have been about nine years ago.
0: Yeah. We we've had a lot of fun on the podcast folks. And, and then these guys have put a lot of time into it and we've, we've appreciated it a lot. Having you guys be part of this 200 episodes. We've had a lot of guests. We've had a lot of fun. Um, Hammy, I see that a lot of uh, players sign national letters of intent today. Can you give us a full scoop on every single one of them? Like
4: about 10 minutes on each? Oh, God. Not, <laughs> that's that's well covered. Now, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. back in the 90s, that's really what I was focused mm-hmm. on because that was the niche that was not being filled back then because college basketball, college football, they had all the recruiting information in the world, but College hockey didn't have that, especially in Minnesota. I mean, what would you see? Maybe a handful of names during a state tournament, you know, being listed on the T V screen, or maybe an occasional word from old Sid Hartman, <laughs> probably pilfering it from somebody else. But <laughs> um, you know, so that I used to go to the model camps and the selects in St. Cloud and you know, all that stuff. And that was really what I the niche I felt like I could fill. And I got to be good friends with some of the gopher coaches over the years and other coaches around the area and so but yeah I've kind of hung up my skates so to speak on on that stuff I still follow things of course but yeah I I don't really spend and, the time on energy on that stuff and either. of
0: course Brent Hovland, the mysterious hammy like Tim Allen's neighbor except mysterious here Cause we never get to yeah, see well that. We never. I mean,
1: your picture's on your profile, but still.
4: Yeah, I told you. Yeah, my at least I have a picture on my Twitter, so it's not like I <laughs> have. So.
1: It's not like you have a car on there or something.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cardinal, what's your future? Uh, that's a vague question. <laughs> I, did on, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it through the night and wake up tomorrow. That's I got to, you know, again, it's like a coach speak, right? You can't look too far down the road. I'm taking it one day at a time. So did you go to Madison? Uh, no, I did not between work and kid hockey stuff that uh, that conflicted, but was in St. Cloud and was in Duluth. So kind of a tale of two nights there, but at least got to see one fun win. And yeah, so those were enjoyable uh, short trips, but good ones.
0: I didn't get a chance to go anywhere this year. I feel
1: sad.
5: It's not Card- too late.
1: There's lots of trips left. Cardinal, did you bring the boy to both of the games? Whole family. What What was the
5: uh, St. Cloud? He was with, so yeah, he got to have some fun there. And then uh, he he had practice, so he was left behind for uh, for the Duluth one. A little bit easier to get to St. Cloud and back in a night versus Duluth. So, uh, but fire helmet guy was with for both. So uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was How's a good time. How's he doing? He's doing good. Kind of same old, same old with him. But uh, oh boy. He's still lurking on the board, and he's. But does the helmet
0: still exist? It almost was lost. Does it still exist?
5: I mean, the helmet that should that thing needs to end up at Mariucci at some point along the way because it's it was in Lake Superior, it got rescued the next fall, someone fished it out and got it back, and he picked it up the next fall. So, yeah that that helmet has seen a lot through the years. So,
0: (laughs) go ahead. Well, I was gonna say goes to give Cappy update here. We have a, a fan who's been a fan forever, Fire Helmet guy. He was a fireman, has his full helmet. Paint it's all kind of all gophered out. He was really ticked off at a performance up in Duluth a few years ago. Walks across was well, he walk across the bridge and he threw it out on the ice, didn't he? Didn't he, Cardinal?
5: Yeah, it was either on the bridge or right outside the deck where he used to, you know, kind of funnel out to walk across to the sports garden. Yeah, right down there at. uh went out onto the ice and he thought that was it. And then again, I don't want to, I don't know the full story, but I know I was with him in the fall and he got a message from somebody saying, Hey, someone's got your helmet. And (laughs) He met up with them. Like as soon as we got up there and came walking out with the helmet and never missed a beat.
0: (laughs) I think we should all just set up, you know, if we next time there's a a weekend in Duluth, everybody up to Duluth, everyone leave the kids at home. Let's go.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I hope there is. And hammy's coming with us. (laughs) <laughs> you guys going to have any skates or what you're going to, you going you gonna to have some games like the, the old pride and ice game. Um,
0: actually, I, w- I was talking to, to Jared bird, IBM and he's thinking we need to set one up for uh next spring, which would be 20 years since we had that first pride and ice skate. Try to get oh. a lot of those original guys, Sal $2 hat and goal and <laughs> things like that. Get all those <laughs> old guys out skating. We, it doesn't matter if you're a good skater. You're just going to come on and have some fun. I think that would be a
1: blast.
0: That would be fun.
1: Those were the days. I'm up for it. All right.
0: Well, Hammy Cardinal, i got to thank you guys for tuning in tonight and just celebrating our 200th episode. Um, thanks for coming on with us.
4: Yeah, well, thank, thank you for you the invite. I can, speak, I can speak for all Gopher fans, Jupe, that you've done a lot for with GPL, the site, and the podcast and everything that you've done over the years and contributed. I don't, I don't know that you get enough credit. Sometimes you probably get a lot of grief from people telling you, why haven't you banned this person? That person's an ass, you know, or whatever. Um, I, but I try English, to be. I, I appreciate so. everything you did, especially after Pride on Ice kind of, kind of, you know, stepped away. Yeah. That was a well, that was a beloved board and you yep. did a good job kind of picking up the pieces on that. So good job.
0: Well, I I appreciate it, Hammy. And so thanks for coming on, guys. We're going to let you go because we've got another guest coming on. So thanks, Hammy and Cardinal.
4: Take it easy, guys. All
0: right. Look who we have there. The one and only Frank Mazzacco. Our number two guest on our second show back... 2010, Frank. You are you are our second guest. Well, you are first guest ever, but it was the second show.
6: Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Hi, Frank. I'm, how you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. Now I I was starting to get a little irritated because I thought I was uh, numero uno, and I guess I, I sort of was. But
0: <laughs> well, you were the first guest, but we just didn't have a guest the first show. And if anybody wants a good laugh, all the podcasts are still available online. Go listen to show number one.
5: <laughs>
0: it is. Ad. I, <laughs> I sound like a robot reading off a cue card, it's like I'm reading blah, 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 blah. blah. It was so bad. There's and we've just learned. Your, there's a
6: place to go for you ahead. On radio network. We we could use you.
0: No. <laughs> so, Frank, how Say, you I'm doing now? Uh, well,
6: good, but can I? I just would like to follow up on what Hammy said. Yeah, um, two sides of it. One is, yeah, you, well, where, where should I start? I'm going to start with the easy part because no, we don't give you enough credit because it's just we we would just mother ra- rather poke you. <laughs> well, that's much, what hockey guys do give fun. each other grief.
0: We would just rather <laughs>
6: give you the grief, yeah. But uh, truly, I was thinking also 200 shows. My goodness, you have poured a lot not only into you know your enterprise here, but for what you do for Gopher fans. That's um, that that's incredible, and well, and, I, I'm sure I you're appreciate getting very it. rich off of this, but no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's just for fun, and yeah. and and it literally, it was ten years ago. Hey, let's just throw together a podcast, and you know, I remember so that first time. We, the first time we had you on, we actually did some of it be I think Google. We had because we we didn't record video, but we had video, so we could kind of see each other.
3: Uh, way yeah,
6: beyond, I know you don't remember uh, it. Now way beyond me. But <laughs> so was the was the Pride on Ice board. Was I thought that was yours.
0: That was Matt and Kyle Barron's website.
6: Well, they, where did you post the video that got the lawyer, the Fox lawyers in <laughs> LA, all burned? <laughs> where did that get posted?
0: Okay, so Pride on Ice was. The story? Yeah, I, this is just kind of a recap here. Prideandice.com was a website for all Gopher fans. And Matt and Kyle Barron, I think it was Matt's project. He was kind of a web developer, and he was learning how to program. So he programmed a message board. And when 2003 came along and they were in the Frozen Four, the message board crashed while they were at the Frozen Four. So I literally put up a temporary message board. Um... In order to have the fans a place to go just for the Frozen Four when, you know, Vanek and all that 5-1, all that good stuff happened. I kept the board alive. People kind of used it as a sideboard. And then a couple years later, um, they just decided they, they didn't want to do it anymore, so they shut it down. At that same time, I was doing little highlight videos because there was no there was no YouTube at the time. Um, And you wonder, you know, I've got like all those old clips of you or the Wooger, And that's how I got the wheelchair comment was um, recording your old shows. And uh, I would just post it to my site and people would watch them. Well, your call of Danny Ehrman scoring that uh, penalty shot goal against Wisconsin became rather popular because the only place you could see it was on my website so fox saw it didn't like it sent me a couple letters take it down if it would have just made it till you know youtube maybe it would have survived but
6: i resurrected the audio last weekend <laughs> friday, friday was the anniversary of the penalty shot
0: oh really yeah uh
6: 17 years i think
0: You know, the thing is the the people saved that video that I had, and that video is now on YouTube. The original mixing of me putting it together. Um, I I don't have it anymore, but that the the one you could see on the internet is the hmm. original one I mixed together. Vegs, you want to say something?
1: Yeah, that's 17 years since I had my ACL repaired then as well, too. Hmm. Because I remember I had my ACL repaired about a week or two before that game and I was in the student section on crutches and painkillers enjoying that (laughs) glorious penalty shot opportunity. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, as Frank was saying during the it's it's been a long time!
0: (laughs) I mean, because you didn't see penalty shots very often back then.
6: Well, and then I did the research to find out, I think it was 12 years before that, that the previous one was, even an attempt. You had to go back to the old building. Wow. To get one.
0: And it, and it was actually, what, about a year or two? Was It about a year or the next year later that that Kessel had, his first goal was a penalty shot goal.
6: Right, against Mankato. Yeah. Kathy, I got to tell you that those um, um, highlight packages that Drew put together, that was a broadcaster's dream. Because when I was getting down in the dumps, I'd go back and listen to the highlight package and say, gee, you know, I think I can do this job. This is pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> you know, you, you jam a bunch of goals together. You don't get all the dead air and the, and the mumbles that that are throughout the show. So anyway, I I might have even downloaded one or two of them. <laughs> oh, God, don't tell the lawyers. In, in oh,
0: jeez. With YouTube, I don't think anyone cares anymore. I mean. Probably not. It's just, it's not a huge deal.
6: Hey, they let writers write stories off of TV.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, another another great one for Brent Hovind. Yeah, we'll tell that story. Growing pains, Tyler Hirsch aftermath, instant regret. Yeah, um, Cappy, you've probably seen that, was... that video of Tyler Hirsch at the final five out there by himself, crashing into the boards after doing his own little penalty shot on his own. That was that was
6: sad. That was sad. It
0: was. You'll have to and and I didn't even realize it at first. I'm like somebody sent me the video. I'm I'll, po- I'll put this up and then I'm like, you know, I better not. <clears throat> Took it down <laughs> too late. Yeah. the next week the next weekend um for or whatever for the Frozen Four, they were talking about on ESPN and they showed that clip on ESPN thanks to me.
2: Ouch. Yeah, it's like that tweet. Don't send that tweet. Don't hit
0: send. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. it I want to say the video was live for maybe an hour. Somebody was able to save it, and later on it got put out on other video sharing devices at the time because YouTube was around by then. S- sorry, Tyler. I actually did apologize to him in person some years ago, so... Well, on a Good. brighter
6: note, what are we going to talk about, Joe?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this weekend. I mean, we were talking about a little bit, um, you know, you know, we've been talking about Mazak, Mazzoc- not Mazak. Matsko um <laughs> hasn't been happy with the game one performances, Frank, and so they really got to get their butts in gear the first game on a weekend now.
6: Yeah, you know, I didn't think they were they weren't terrible. They just weren't good. They weren't as good as they can be. I mean, the bar is higher now.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I, I got to thinking about in the you know um when, whenever it was they had me start picking three stars of the game and I would have like six honorable mentions and three stars. I mean, I was just picking up all of these scrappy little guys that were just busting their tail, right? Well, well now we've got like three bona fide stars in the game and there's they're, they're pretty much. Um, cream of the crop and you know above and pretty obvious over everybody else anyway the bar's higher and um he got I mean, two weeks ago was the notre dame series was the classic i mean i thought that team just busted their tails against notre dame notre dame is not an easy team to play against mm-hmm. and you don't play free form hockey against notre dame if you're going to get six points you you work your tail off and that's what i kind of thought happened well, Bob comes on in the postgame show, and the first thing he does is he goes back to a, a blown offside in the second period <laughs> and a turnover in the early in the third period. And I'm saying, Bob, you just came away with six points. I mean, it's not, it, he says, I know, I know. That's the coach speaking. And uh, we did some good things well, but uh, mm-hmm. no, they need, to, they need to answer the bell better on Friday night. But this team historically has just had soft. Friday nights, and that goes back maybe yeah. since this building was built. I don't know what it is, some karma about it. Um, but hey, I, I'll tell you what, I, I know they had a 10-0 start last year, and it was pretty good the, the the year. I don't particularly like teams that get off to 10-0 starts because a lot of them just hit the wall and then just roll right off the table. I, I would rather the the old North Dakota formula where you, you know, you start slow and you go up mm-hmm. and then you reach a peak. Doesn't make it good for selling the tickets early in the year because those first compressions last, but that's fine. I'm okay with this team just getting better a week at a time. And I think last week what we saw is those, um, especially the three freshman forwards that were playing last weekend. Wow. Uh, with Pitlick and Huglin and Bros. That's going to be an awesome trio.
0: Cappy, what are you expecting from Ohio State this weekend? I mean, they've had a great start. Minnesota's a good team. They haven't really – I mean, I don't know who else they've faced, but uh, Minnesota will be the speed speed limits going up, it seems like.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. It'll be – you know, they played their first two on the road, then the next six were at home. And, you know, they're (laughs) – same rink I played it in. and it can be a home advantage, it can be a sometimes, and it can be kind of a boring rink to play in. If there's not a crowd, but uh, what I've seen from them is they're back to playing hard, and, and they've got enough skill or whatever to get some goals, but they're playing hard for Rollick, and they're playing depth. A relentless kind of frustrating game in the offensive zone and then they're being really smart back kind of you know what they were a couple of years ago when they were having tons of success now he's you know, he's, yeah. you know they, they want to blame the COVID last year they didn't get all their training camp and all that stuff new players structure is hard to teach when you're not coaching it it seems like they've had a regular preseason and it started to look good plus like I said they've got a couple of those freshmen that have you yeah. know really stepped up right away so you know, I'm expecting them to come in and play hard. Uh, you know, if, if I, you know, the thing about Minnesota is people they get they get the best from pretty much everyone that comes at them mm-hmm. because it's Minnesota. It's a lot like Michigan, a lot like probably North Dakota. It, and it's it's hard to match that all the time. You, you go into Minn and in Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a little down this year. You get four out of six points on the road. I think they'll take that every series all year. Yes, you want to be perfect and play better, but. It's just not how it works all the time. And sometimes it's it's good to get that point on a Friday night and then get that W on the road. So uh, I'm seeing Ohio State. I, I'm not going to make my prediction yet. I'll wait for Vigo. I want go <laughs> first this, this time. Uh, I've always go before him and he sneaks that in. Uh, but I, I, I just, I'm watching him against Penn State after, you know, Penn State's gotten a really, really good start. They beat, you know, North Dakota in that game that nobody thought they would win that game, not even close, and they won it. You know, going away a little bit. Um, so to sweep them at home, it, it, any sweep in the Big Ten is great. You know, but to yeah. do that pretty decisively too on on Saturday, they came back from down one nothing in the in the third period and scored four in the third to to win it. And, you know, when a, when a goalie, you get that confidence from a young guy like that, the team, any team, like the team in front of Jack last year, how good he was, like the team in front of him makes everyone else look that much better. So I think that builds the confidence. And, I, you know, they're going to come in, I think, confident enough, you know, five and one homestand. So it'll be interesting.
0: Vig, kind of a strange question for you. Um, does Ohio State <laughs> need a smaller arena?
1: I think it would definitely yes. help, you know, for him. <laughs> we, we look around college hockey, all the new buildings that are being built are kind of in that four to 6,000 seat capacity. You know, you look at Arizona state, you look at Colorado college, you look at UConn, you know, you look at what say Thomas, what I've heard is building. It's all in that size where you can have a crowd that's loyal, consistent and loud and engaged. I mean, can you imagine right now if, if the Gophers were playing at, like, a renovated old Mariucci, there would not be a problem having four or 5,000 fans and then selling five 600 seats to fill in the rest. And it would be like historic Yost, you know. You wouldn't have all this negative stuff going on because there would be enough fans to fill that building and, and provide energy, and everybody would just be like, there's no attendance problem. so it's it's definitely smart for schools to play in a smaller building i think so but
0: but yet on the flip side of that frank when mariucci is full it's been a while that place can rock as well even though it's a huge arena
6: that that audio clip that i ran last week there were ten thousand people there it sounded like 20 i mean that's how Mm. it sounded and it's it was just an incredible atmosphere in there and um, yeah, I, it's just, I, I, I felt a little bad about running the audio because some games now sound more like, uh, they're in a Ramsey County rink uh, or a high school <laughs> rink instead of, you know, I mean, they're, they're quiet, they're really yeah. quiet.
0: Um, but it's not going to change. Kathy, they're not going to there... build another arena well, Not for a long time.
6: No, no, there's things they could. When I win the big lottery, there's things I'll do in there that'll
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: fix the Bazakul
1: Rita.
6: They gotta fix the acoustics in there and, and make it so you can hear what's going on instead of it just
0: being good
1: luck. Yeah.
6: Well, that's why I gotta win that the is, big lottery.
0: That is Craig Floor's biggest nightmare, is that
1: audio system?
0: Yeah.
6: It's not Go the ahead, so much as the roof. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Cap Cappy, have they started doing the things where they're doing like the you know, the bar seating? at Ohio State where they can maybe, you know, create more of a I, premium experience
2: to get more people there? I saw that they did that um, down in the far end of the, not the non-Zambonian. They did do that. I saw that. I haven't, you know, we haven't had any games on TV yet. So, like, you know, you're watching on BTN Plus, you're just getting the, you know, the straight-on feed where you're only seeing the rinks. You're not seeing a lot of that, but they did build that down in the far end Um, opposite of Zamboni doors. So, I mean, it's it's a way to, you know, maybe get... Yeah, you're going to get people to pay a little money to kind of have that experience. You're sitting at a table and you're going to get the game right in front of you. So, I think any way to, you know, generate revenue or excitement for someone to maybe pay a little more to go see a game is, is big. I just... You know, that place, when I played, you know, if we filled the bottom area, it was fun to get eight or nine, we'd get eight or 9,000 people, you know, come after Christmas, no more football. And we were, we were, you know, a pretty solid, you know, top 15 team or so. Um, it it could be, fun. it was a fun experience in there. Um, but I do love, you know, look at Pahool. I love going there to do a game. It's so much fun. It's a, it's a perfect size arena and you have a, a great student section. Like, I could see that, you know, the Gophers would, they, their fan, their students would come in and, you know, have fun like that. You're right on top of the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen at Ohio State. It's very uh, uh, frustrating because you see a lot of other facilities going up for other sports. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, as a hockey alumni there, I'm a little frustrated when I see that because I'm like, you know, people come watch hockey a little more than some of these other sports. I'm like – Where's our Where's our turn, kind of thing, but you know it is what it is.
6: Weren't they close, like within the last year or two, to building
2: <laughs> and? I, I, I what we heard, heard and... that too, Frank. I've heard it. I've heard wow. it. I've been in the coach's room talking to them about it.
1: I could have uh, sworn latest... at media day, Steve Rolick said something like, you know, maybe this winter we're going to hear have... something.
2: Yeah. So the one, the last rumor I had heard was they were going to build a kind of practice rink. Of, attached to the shot and make it like a maybe it was going to be the women's rink, which they deserve a rink. Hello, they're top, them in Wisconsin. I mean, yep. look at that program. If you get off a tangent, Ohio State women's program has become elite. Um, mm-hmm. But they were going to build a like maybe 2,000 seat arena attached to it. So that would become the women's rink and the, high, the, the men's practice rink. And maybe they would play some of their non-conference games in there. So really wouldn't fix the problem overall but it would be mm-hmm. something you know maybe you'd get better locker rooms or something i don't know I, that was the last rumor i heard I, i'm i'm kind of done with hearing that until it's put in the paper on some you know 40 whatever million dollars they got to do because uh yeah it's just
1: well
0: uh, <laughs> well you know it's interesting i see there. people commenting how, how bad the audio is at Mariucci and how bad it was at the old Mariucci. Um, we, heard, I think Frank, you might have been there after a game recently when Craig Floor was telling us that the original audio system at Mariucci was taken out of Memorial Stadium. The speakers, the, the speakers, oh. yeah. They because that they were, you know Memorial like Stadium people. was still there when they built Mariucci, so they took them out. They're like, eh, "Sound doesn't matter. Just grab the old speakers out of Memorial. They're loud enough."
6: Yeah, I, that's right, but. <laughs> That's I'm going to defend his, got his soul. Uh, that was Wooger's idea. He oh no! Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted, you know, part of the brick, if not all of the brick, um, at yep. one end of Mariucci is from the arches of well,
0: Memorial, right? Yes, the bricks yeah. are from Memorial Stadium. Yep.
6: Right, and and may I don't know? Did they bring the? Okay, I don't know if the arches came over intact or they reassembled them. Okay, so he wanted that because it. Was called Memorial Stadium. You're not supposed to destroy a mm-hmm. memorial. Mm-hmm. And then he brought the speakers, figuring speakers are speakers. <laughs> well, we're in the second or third generation of speakers by now, I, I think. Those those were replaced long ago. And yes. The speakers are not the problem. I'll, it's the roof. It's a big tin.
0: It's can. The, it is way up there.
2: Gappy? I'll I'll say I was there doing the. It was the finale of the season. I could maybe 2015 ish. They were playing Wisconsin. It was a Saturday night to win the Big Ten. And they win that game. They win the, the regular season. And obviously, they're playing Wisconsin. So that's their number one, you know, rival in the league, in the Big Ten. And that place was I, it was pretty full. I want to say at least 80, 80, 85, at least, out of the nine. It was – or whatever it is, is right. And I'm telling yeah. you, that place was howling. By the end, as they're getting – you know, and they're scoring late and they're chanting the, you know, Minnesota – and I was doing, I was, I was with climber and Dan Kelly. So I was between the benches. So being down near the ice and I have a head, I was I took the headphone headset off to listen. So to I was like, it It would, you know, if the fans are in it and when it's like that, you're like, Whoa. So I get it. It's, it's not happening a lot right now, but man, when it does, whoo! that's a home advantage right there.
0: I, I agree with you. And you know, a lot of times I'm doing photography along the glass So the near side boards there, Frank, Um, and that sound just comes right down, hits the glass. And I have to wear these earbuds and turn on noise cancellation because it is still loud because, you know, it comes right down, hits the glass and hits me right in the ears. It doesn't even have to be a packed house. It could be half full. And it just shows you the acoustics. When people want to be loud in there, it's still pretty loud, even though there's not many bodies. So. It's interesting.
6: I'm going to get a phone call in the morning. I've already said more than I should.
1: I, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't know that uh, the Wooger was such an I'm environmentalist. So. <laughs> uh, a Wooger was such a what? <laughs> environmentalist, you know. Reuse, to reuse and recycle. Re- re-
6: reusing, yeah, right. Yeah.
1: I mean, bricks, you should have kept the old bricks. Mar-
0: but, but how much would redoing <laughs> the old Maryucci <laughs> would that have cost?
1: Well, I mean they've got the the path there now.
0: Yeah. Obviously <laughs> they know. still use the building. They yeah. still
1: use the building and they just renovated it for volleyball. They put it in club rooms and suites and alcohol and they're doing that up. So obviously the building's still standing. Well the building's
0: well, getting to close add. to a hundred years old, isn't it? Was it built in the twenties? Thirties? Probably thirties. Originally.
6: I just Frank? read the. I just read there was a, an anniversary here of 75, 76 years for that okay, building. So I think Reilly okay. wrote it, the uh, old okay. memorial. I think. Or oh wait, maybe he's talking about Williams. Sorry, can't help you on that.
2: <laughs> hey V, hey, I wanted B, I wanted to ask you: is are, is there still a plan to shrink the rink?
1: There is, is and it's happening? included in the the budget in the next five years to do it and they they're not going to have to fundraise for it they're just going to be able to use their commercial program to to pay for it i would like them to do it as soon as they can so potentially this off season they could shrink it i i do think it's an opportunity for them to when they shrink it they're going to be in there working the building to kind of reconfigure some of the seats to maybe create some kind of like you know ice box type seating where you can have, right. you know, some loungy bar tables and things like some that. Fancy, you know.
2: Some fancy high-end tickets, yeah.
1: Yep. You know, and then maybe you only have 9,000 seats instead of 10,000. But I don't know. When I was talking to people in the know who are doing that, that was about four years ago pre-COVID, so who knows? But I do know that premium seats are much easier to sell than regular seats. Right now, you know, the seats between the blue lines... They sell those pretty easily. The ones in the corners that they're trying to sell for the low, low price, those are the ones they are having trouble selling. Mm
6: -hmm. And they are thinking of the...
1: 1928
0: uh, was the year for Williams. Yes, the concourse could be improved.
6: (laughs) Um, But no, they're thinking of the the bar, you know, freestanding, so you can stand and um, have your drinks up there. Mm -hmm. Do they sell beer yet in Mariucci?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grab Anywhere and I it All over.
0: I, All over I remember beer. people saying, I'll go back to Mariucci when they start selling beer.
1: What's this like? Give me like the third season, maybe? second or third? Yeah. And now you can go and you can see him play the Buckeyes this weekend for 30 bucks and you get a ticket and a beer or a
2: glass well, of wine. What's the price wow. on beer there? It's about eight, nine <laughs> bucks at least. That's, that's cheapest beer I've heard of in a stadium <laughs> yeah. in a while. Yeah, anything in nine digits or four, three digits instead of four. (laughs) Three digits, yeah. Three digits. All
0: right, guys, let's get your predictions for the weekend at Ohio State. We're going to start with you, Viggs, because Cappy doesn't like the pressure of going first.
1: (laughs) I do feel like the Gophers continue their trend of not playing well on Friday night. Uh, I think they drop Friday. And then they get a stern film se- session and uh, come back and win Saturday. I, I do think Ohio State's the kind of team that will present problems for Minnesota. And they've had enough time to integrate their young players. You know, you don't really have warm up games in college hockey, but you look at Ohio State's schedule and it kind of warmed up right into that Penn State series. And they met the challenge against a pretty good team. So I think they'll be coming in on a little bit of a high streak. Looking forward to getting on the road and playing at Marucci. And as Cappy said, teams always give their best when they play Minnesota.
6: I'll be right back. Cappy, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's going. He's got Frank. Got to check his notes real quick. Want to see we're going to we're going
0: to mute my Frank. We're going to we're just going to mute him.
2: Go ahead, Cappy. If the, if, if the Ohio State special teams are any good, then it might change his prediction. But um, I, I, I I was gonna I was gonna maybe go a little. All the pressure bags, on the Cap right now. Agreeing with um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I I, <laughs> I actually think I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it. I think they're gonna. I think is gonna surprise and win on Friday night, and I think Minnesota. And then I think Ohio State's gonna win in overtime on Saturday. So Minnesota's gonna take four out of six.
0: Mm.
2: I, I'm playing like I, a reverse Jinx, kind of. I like, think
0: you're wrong. Go for sweep, baby.
2: Shocking. Shocking, yeah. I know. Gene.
0: I Gene know. don't know
1: if you know. I've been calling sweeps like the last couple of weeks, so this is a rare for me to call a split. So,
0: uh, Frank, you ready yet? You got all organized? You no,
1: figured I it out. Check his, my Check his
2: notes, notes. we got a couple days until game day. It's those radio guys. I, I uh, <laughs> don't know.
6: <laughs> we, don't to, we don't have to be organized. We just have to have a former T V
0: star. Well, Remember. Yeah, we, don't it, you know who I am? Frank Rizzaco from used to be from
1: Fargo MSC sports.
6: I don't think uh I don't think Steve Rollick has won two games here.
2: Oh he's not no, he's not sweeping.
6: No. I feel like I the mean, gophers though have had ever. more No, I mean never. Oh, See, that's kind of where I'm going. I mean, the odd, yeah, the the crazy. numbers oh, are not in the Buckeyes' favor history. here.
0: I'll never find it. Um, <laughs>
6: <laughs> maybe I hey, no, I, give us
0: your professional opinion as an analyst of the so Gopher I, Radio Network like, on so this. I phone. don't
6: get phone calls tomorrow. <laughs> so the boss doesn't call.
2: No, you get phone calls. More popular. <laughs>
6: the odds say Gopher sweep. I mean, I'm not talking about the Vegas odds. I'm, I'm okay, on paper.
0: They he, don't play the games I on paper, Frank. Everything.
6: I always hedge everything. Moscow says he's worried about. Oh, uh, Vig, did you catch his uh, coach's show uh, Monday, Tuesday, whenever it ran?
1: I sure did. I, I caught it right he, on Monday.
6: He said, uh, okay, the coaches picked them to, pick, uh, to finish seventh, the Buckeyes. And Correct. boy, is Steve Rollick and his coaching staff happy about that. Because they <laughs> think, and Matsko thinks, they're much better than a seventh-place team. And look out. They a scoring but he goal didn't think
2: that a month ago, or two months ago, <laughs> when he picked them seventh.
6: <laughs> he said he wouldn't have voted them. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah. Somebody I, had I, to. I
6: <laughs> so, all right. So I'll go... I'll wh- you know what? I predicted a gopher uh, slaughter on Friday at Wisconsin last week. You recall at the oh, beginning was... of the show? Not well. <laughs> Not well at all. So you want me to go? You
0: didn't say I had to pick. You just said come on for a few minutes.
2: <sighs> they they duped you. Well,
0: yeah, I was going to have you on for just a few minutes. And then you're like, "What do you want to talk about?" <laughs>
6: okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I, on, no, I, all right so you got my word. I, I said on paper and you look at talent pool and past record. Um, I don't think, uh, the gophers are going to have the problem on a Friday night that ego thinks I hear you. I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. farts on Friday nights. Um, but I think it'll be a gopher
0: sweep. All right. There we go always pause. pockets pocket what's that like,
6: i'm seeing uh, i'm seeing it so
2: so Viggs is the only team the only guy that picked the buckeyes <laughs> to win a game in regulation let's yeah. you know put that yeah. on the message board tomorrow yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i'm already on bob's good
1: side so he's been giving me a hard time this year
2: uh i
0: love it <laughs> um cappy i see a question on twitter that i didn't see earlier a john reynolds please ask Paul one thing he likes about Big Ten hockey and one thing he misses about his old conference of CCHA
2: what I like about oh. the big Ten mm-hmm um, I, I the the youth speed and skill uh, is is pretty good I you know I I think that's where we we get caught sometimes in the law in the tournament and whatnot is we're, we're not very experienced. We're kind of like really skilled. You get the recruiting is is ridiculous. Look at Michigan, look at Minnesota, look at all the draft picks. Right. But when you come down to grinding against those, you know, St. Clouds and Toulouse, it's not going very well because those teams are, you know, they got the maturity and all that stuff. So, but I love the, the speed and the, and these young guys that come in, they're freshmen, they come in right away and they become names immediately in the big 10. I love that kind of stuff. Um, and then what I miss about the CCHA meet for my, me personally is um, my favorite rival more than Michigan was Miami, Ohio. Uh, we were we were both really good teams. They're they're an hour down the road. It was an Ohio battle. Uh, I loved playing at the old Goggin Arena, one of the best arenas ever. So much fun. Uh, and so I miss that. And the you know the other some of the other ones I don't miss like Fair State. That rank was not the best in the world, but. Uh, I missed that. Yeah, rivalry. but so close. many close then, rivalries. And, but
0: I mean, you had the whole state it, of Michigan in your conference pretty much. And then, you yeah, know, you I, had mean, your, I mean, everything was close. Now it's, you know, Michigan and Michigan well, State are close. And
2: I don't know. We had to go to Northern Michigan and Lake oh, wow. Superior State. Those were, you know, it, we, we also bus ride everywhere. There were no plane rides. We were oh, busing hey, Oh, here places. comes the bitterness. So, they, no, I'm just saying, like, going to Market yeah. Michigan was 10 or 11 hours, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, I missed that, and then and then easily the CCHA um, the, the at the Joe that was the best. Mm-hmm. That was the best place I've ever played a hockey game in, uh, and then you know beat Michigan there to win the CCHA was so the Joe Joe Louis Arena experience was unbelievable. yeah. But you
0: never experienced a WCHA Final Five where Frank Mazanko right. and and Doug Wu were asked, calling the game.
2: Hey, I wasn't asked about the WCHA C C H A
0: Oh, fun times. Well, Frank, thanks for sneaking on our 200th episode. We appreciate you coming on just short notice. Hope I'm still around for 300. Wow, that's quite a few years down the line. But yeah, I don't if think we, if be we be keep it going, going that long, I don't know, maybe. Good to have maybe?
1: goals. Good to have goals. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just
0: hoping to make it to 201. <laughs> Everything One else day just... at a time. I heard that on the exactly. somewhere tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Cappy, thanks for coming on again. You're 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 getting this, up there with number of appearances. What so you're am still behind. What, what year is this?
2: What year? Is this? Six, five, so, six, something seven, like so. that. It's crazy. I mean, we're in the ninth year of Big Ten hockey, right? Like, you know, it's it's slowly kind of That's crazy. You know, the memory of a lot of the, you know, all the griping early on. I get it. but oh, there's slowly, still a lot of it, <laughs> of course. But think about kids' wise, right? If you're a yeah. 14 year old kid. Know. Your first year as big t- was Big Ten, probably as a five-year-old or six year old. Now you're four. You know, I'm just saying it's slowly kind of building up what they're hoping t- it would be. Yes, but yes, the kids, I know you'll never the kids <laughs> who signed
1: their NLIs today were squirts when the Big Ten started. You know, they were squirts right. and mites. They hadn't gone yeah. on any road trips like Cardinals kids went on this year. hmm You sure. know, if these kids who are who are freshmen in college don't remember Paul Martin playing in the NHL,
2: <laughs> they oh they sure man. as heck don't remember oh, the WCHA.
4: <laughs>
2: there you go.
6: Captain, you've heard that story, I hope.
0: It's a good Paul topic Martin, for overtime. Well we'll bring it for oh, overtime. We're gonna bring it up for overtime because that's good stuff. We've got a lot of good or
6: stuff maybe I'll hang around I'll, I got a question
0: too
2: help you need help prepping for Friday night
0: well thanks guys for all being part of this and th- thanks everyone who watches and listens uh you know a lot of people watch us live and you know in in the past they would listen live through that little mixler sound app so we've been doing this show live for quite a long time it was only those first few years we recorded and put out but i thanks everyone for always tuning in live listening giving us these questions um and the the newer part of having overtime that lasts forever oh so we just lost we just lost cappy what a shame he'll come back
6: (laughs) i think his data plan ran out
0: oh it could be could be he's in florida he's living on the he's living great so he'll come back he'll come back but you know that's going to do it for this episode of the gpl podcast we gotta thank Cappy, Hammy, Cardinal, and of course Frank Mizako for joining us for this special episode. For those of you currently watching live, we're gonna have some overtime, and uh, for the rest of you, we'll see you next week.